All right, turn your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Ephesians, chapter number six. You may be seated. And normally I get the wonderful spot at 7.30 in the morning, and I get to preach, uh, I think, in the fall and the spring semester at that time. And I could say anything I want to say during that, that period because no one remembers it because all of you are sleeping. So I'm a little bit intimidated this morning because it is 9.15 and all of you are probably awake by now. Uh, except Dr. R, he just woke up and he just walked in. And uh, it's hard to miss somebody that is like six, seven and a biscuit away from 300 pounds, amen? Um, but I do love him and I thank the Lord for him. And uh, we are so glad you're here. How many of you this morning, when you got up, you took some time and you looked in the mirror? How many of you did that? Raise your hand. I want you to, if you looked in the mirror this morning, stand up. Because we're going to look at those sorry people that didn't look into the mirror that are sitting down. Okay. We have a lady sitting down. You didn't look in the mirror at all? Did you put your makeup on while you are in bed, or what would you do? Huh? Are you just, you're just beautiful just naturally, right? Is that it? Is anyone else sitting down? Okay, we're all standing. Because all of us, what we did this morning, we got up, and we looked into the mirror, and we said what? Wow, I need to do something, right? Uh, this, this needs a lot of work. And you just began working and, and you know, maybe shaving and painting and plucking and pulling and, and snipping. And you're doing all this stuff. And then you put the gel in your hair. And, and ladies, you put your cologne on. And us men, we put our high karate on. And uh, so we're ready. We took time to get ready this morning, didn't we? I mean, none of us are in our Superman pajamas this morning, are we? I don't think so. Okay, you may be seated. So we did take some thought in what we were going to do and how to get ready for the day. You know, the same thing. Uh, yesterday morning, my day off, I got up early and uh, almost a, an ungodly time. Sometimes I wonder if God's up at the time that we get up. And uh, so I got up and, and had my time with the Lord, and, and I got my mountain bike stuff ready. So I have my bag here, and uh, th th these are what I call just essentials, okay? I would never leave my house uh, never venture off on my bike to ride up on a mountain without my helmet on. I always wear my helmet. I've got to wear this. I mean, look, 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 I mean, look at this face. You wouldn't want to damage this, right? And, uh, and this head, listen, I only have like maybe an ounce of brain, okay? So I don't want to lose any of my brains, okay? Now, some of you have a lot of brains. You don't have to wear a helmet. But I need to protect all the brains I do have, okay? So I put my helmet on. And then I, I put my goggles on because, you know, you, I've got to wear those, you know, because that looks cool, all right? And because uh, the sunlight, you got rocks, you got debris shooting around, so you got to wear your goggles. And then I always, you know, I always put my, my gloves on because I'm patriotic, red, white, and blue. And uh, so I want to just kind of salute people as I ride by them. And so I'll always, I'll always put my gloves on uh, in case if I fall. Not if I fall, it's when I fall. And then... I've got my, uh, I can't put these on right now, but i got my knee pads on. I put these babies on, and I need those, okay, because I'm, I'm over 60, okay? And when I fall off my bike, I don't bounce like I used to. I stick. <laughs> Boom. And, uh, and, and that's not good. i got my elbow pads. I put these puppies on, and, and I put those on my elbows, and I wear those. And, and this, this, all this is, this is my equipment. Man, if I don't wear these, I, it's almost like, hey, you're stupid. Because, listen, there's danger out there. And then, you know, then I have my, 
my mountain bike shoes. These are my clip-in shoes. I wear these, and I get clipped into my bike. And so that's when I do like, when I do like a 360 in the air and flip my bike around upside down and do all that stuff, I want to make sure I stay attached to my bike. All right? And so the, these are little clip-ins right there. I wear these. And, and, and I, never, I never go uh, without my shoes. I get clipped in, and I'm ready to go. I got my helmet. And you want to know something? The reason why I take time to make sure that I'm dressed properly because I realize the danger that's out there. I realize that. And re listen, I, I, I've taken some students, and, and they've broken collarbones. That's why Dr. Getz says, don't take our students anymore. And, um, and, and sometimes, you know, they just they have accidents. They fall. Listen, the same thing in the Christian life. The Bible tells us that we are all in a battle. And I wonder this morning, yes, you got dressed physically and you took time to put on your equipment this morning, but I wonder if you put on your spiritual equipment. I wonder if you took time to make sure that you're ready for battle today. Look at Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 10. The Bible says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Let's read the first few words there in verse number 11 together. Put on the whole armor of God. Ready? Put on, put on the whole armor of God. Why? That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the blessed plate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I believe everyone in the auditorium this morning is fully aware of the spiritual battle that we face as Christ followers. If by chance, if there's one or two that are not aware of this battle, it is certainly that you're not in the battle. The big question this morning is how can we be victorious in this battle? None of us likes, likes no one likes to lose. I mean, I'm a, I am a Cubs fan, and our season's already over, and we're preparing for next year. Our next year looks really good right now, okay? We have zero wins, zero losses. We're tied for first, okay? It may be downhill after that. But here it is. They're preparing for the next season because they realize that there's going to be a battle. And we face a battle every single day of our life and if, listen, the battle cannot be won in our strength. Look at what it says in verse number 10. 
Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of what? His might. Not my might. Not your might. Not someone else's might, but in God's might. We must put on the whole armor of God and we'll be able to stand in his might. So the big question is, how can we be victorious in this battle? And, and the, God's word tells us by putting on the whole armor of God so that we may be able to stand against all the fiery darts that Satan has for us. I wonder, since the beginning of this school year to right now, I wonder how many college students are no longer standing. We've had some casualties. Maybe some are very visible. But then I wonder, I wonder how many are spiritually slipping this morning. You were here with the Lord when you came back in August, but now you're maybe, you slipped a little bit. And you're not as on fire for the Lord. You're not as excited as you once were for the things of God. And at times, it's, we slip into complacency. I'm sure all of us have slipped before. We've stumbled. And what's the first thing we do when we stumble? We look around to see if anybody saw us stumble. Right? Because we, we're embarrassed. Oh, we tripped and fell. Um, I think I tell this almost every year. We went soul winning. I went soul winning with Dr. R. And, and I, you know, I, you know, they always say, okay, where, what side of the street should I go on? And I always, you know, I was using some wisdom because it was a chilly morning and I wanted the sun side of the, the street. So I put him on the shady side of the street. And uh, sometimes the sprinklers are still going on this time of the year, so be careful on that. And uh, Dr. R, he just was not paying attention. He was just enjoying life. I'm sure he was singing praises to the Lord. And he walked on some ice from a sprinkler and he was airborne. I was on, uh, on the other side of the street and I was just watching him. Man, I tell you what, he was flying so gracefully. And as he was flying in the air, he threw his tracks up in the air and just praising the Lord. And for whosoever will, let these tracks go to those needy people. And boy, when he hit the ground, he did not stick. I mean, he bounced. And, um, <laughs> and I, just, I, just, I just looked at that and said, wow, I wish I had my phone out. That would have been <laughs> epic. That would have went viral. And, um, but here it was, what happened? He slipped, why? Because he wasn't paying attention. I wonder how many of us have slipped spiritually because we weren't paying attention. We weren't paying attention of maybe taking time in God's word. Maybe we weren't paying attention of spending time with him in prayer. Maybe we weren't paying attention of maybe where our heart was at and it would begin to drift. I wonder today, where are you at spiritually? Are you standing the way that God wants you to stand? The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 a, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. Listen, you have an opponent. You have somebody that wants to destroy you. I don't, I don't think a lot of young people think about that every day. 
But listen, as, as I get my helmet on, and as I get my, my shoes on and my elbow pads and my gloves on, my glasses on, listen, I realize that out there there's potential danger. I know it. And listen, when I make a mistake, it's when I become overconfident and thinking, oh, I can handle this trail. And I don't take it seriously. I kind of just kind of go at it. That's when I have a fall. That's when I have a crash. Listen, spiritually speaking, when we get in trouble is when we think we got it all under control. And we say, you know, I don't need that time with the Lord. I don't need to make sure I put on the whole armor of God. I don't need to put on the, the, the belt of truth, the, bless, the breastplate of righteousness, shod my feet with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. I don't need to take time to put on my equipment. I can just kind of venture off and kind of handle it my own strength. And when that happens, listen, that's when casualties take place. Now, here's the danger of it. We can go weeks without putting on our equipment, and nothing happens. And we begin thinking that, hey, I can do this all by myself now. And we're almost kind of lulled into a spiritual sleep that we can do this apart from God. And that's when we're defeated. And that's when great destruction comes to all of our lives. Because we need to be vigilant. We need to be, we need to, we need to be sober-minded because we have an adversary, the devil, who, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So this morning, we're not going to look at all six different pieces of the armor that we're supposed to put on. We won't have time for that. We're just going to look at one, one piece. And that piece we're going to look at this morning is the, our feet shod with the gospel of peace. We would call it like shoes, or of course in Bible times, they would call, call them sandals. I would not venture off on my, my mountain bike without my, my shoes. I wouldn't go out there on my bare feet. And a soldier would not go out there without his battle sandals on. Now, some of those sandals would have like little cleats on there, almost like golf shoes, if you allow me to say it that way, to give him, you know, just stability and, and, and being sure. And it would have a hard uh, bottom to it so that if he would step on any type of material, uh, glass, nails, that it wouldn't puncture his foot. Because listen, how many of you ever hurt your foot before? Man, you, you can't run forward. You, I mean, you're hopping around, and it's hard to walk, and, 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 and you're basically you're, you don't have the ability to attack. And think about shoes. Man, we got shoes for everything. I mean, you have dress shoes, you have casual shoes, you have gym shoes, you have athletic shoes, you have Payless and Johnson and Murphy. I mean, we got so many different types of shoes. Now, most guys, we have a brown pair, a black pair, and gym shoes, right? I mean, that's, I mean for us guys, that, hey, that's good. But you ladies, we'd be amazed how many shoes you have. I mean, you walk into your closets, probably in the dorm room, it's like, you walk into my wife's room, where she has, you know, my closet's about this big, hers is about as big as a platform. 
And, and she has all these different shoes. And I'm thinking, okay, honey, come. Yeah. And then she, she says, now what shoes should I wear with this outfit? Whatever ones you want. <laughs> and she'll put three or four out. Well, which one looks better? Um, you know, uh, that one. Well, those are not real comfortable. Then why'd you put it there? <laughs> right? I mean, don't give me that choice, you know? And, and, and you know, and then it, it doesn't matter. Whatever shoe I picked out, she'd wear something else because, you know, you know, whatever reason. Because she's a woman, right? Amen. But think about this. Teenagers put so much peer pressure on the brand of shoes. Now, Dr. Dave, you're a little bit older than I am, but I remember the only kind of gym shoes that we had growing up was the Converse shoes, right? I mean, that was it. I remember, I, I don't know, this is probably past your, your, you know, you're probably in your 20s, when Adidas came out. Remember those with, with the white ones with the black stripes? Now, those were cool. But those were expensive. I mean, the canvas shoes, uh, I mean, good night. They're back in style now. We call them Chuck Taylor shoes back then. I'm not sure what you guys call them now. Um, but th those were the shoes that everybody wore. But man, if you had a pair of Adidas shoes, man, it was like, whoa, that is cool. And you, you think about Nike. Nike spent, had earnings in 2019 of more than $39 billion on shoes. Amazing. But the Bible tells us that we need to make sure that our feet are shod with the preparations of the gospel of peace. Now think about this. The word shod there means to bind under one's self, to bind on. Preparation means to be prepared, a sense of readiness. The gospel, we know what that is, the good news, the death, the burial, the resurrection. And then we see the word peace, the tranquility, an exemption of rage, security, safety, harmony in our hearts. I believe, I believe with all my heart that we all can be victorious to stand in our spiritual journey, but how is this possible? One of the ways that we can stand is that we need to make sure that our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, what does that mean, okay? Let me give you three thoughts regarding that. Number one is this, the reception of the gospel, the reception of the gospel. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful this morning that I'm saved. I'm thankful I'm saved. I'm thankful that I accepted Christ as my personal savior. I was not raised in a Christian home. Um, I didn't hear the gospel until I was a teenager. Um, I'm thankful that someone preached the gospel to me. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for how God worked in my heart. The gospel is a purchased deliverance. Jesus Christ paid for that uh, gospel for the salvation of mankind when he died on the cross and shed his blood and resurrected from the grave. I'm so thankful for that. But listen, not only the gospel is a purchased deliverance, but also it's a personal decision. People decide to either receive or to reject what Christ did for them on the cross. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever. That's a, that's a decision that a person makes. Uh, two Saturdays ago, I was visiting uh, Jesse and, and Elaine Gonzalez, uh, one of our Saturday bus routes that picked up their kids, and they said, hey, why don't you visit this mom and dad? And so I went and visited them on a Saturday morning. 
sitting in, on their, by their, in their kitchen, sharing the gospel with them. And at first, you know, it sounded like they were Christians, and then, um, then I asked them a question. You know, if you die today, are you 100% sure that you'd spend eternity in heaven? I looked at the husband, he says, well, you said 100%. I'm not sure about that. And then the wife says, no, I'm not 100% sure. So I went through the gospel. Jesse then said, well, I, I think I've done that. Um, but he said, I'm not sure 100%. And Eileen said, I know I'm not 100%. And I said, well, now you have a personal decision to make. Either you respond to what Christ has done for you so that you can know by a shadow of a doubt that you know that if you die today or 20 years from now, that you'll be with the Lord in heaven. The question is this, do you want to make that decision? Now listen, it was their decision. They have to decide, yes, I want to accept it, or no, I don't want to accept it. And praise the Lord, Jesse and Eileen, they prayed and accepted Christ as their Savior. Thank the Lord for that. Now listen, it's a, it's a personal decision. And how many of you are thankful that you made that personal decision? And, and I'm sure all of our stories are different. Man, I went to church because my sister got saved, and, and she invited me, and, and, she's, and, and, and the hook that she used, hey, there's a pretty girl at church I want you to meet. You know, hey, come on. You know, that, that's almost not even fair to a 15-year-old teenager, right? You know, right? I mean, 15 years old, I, I mean, pretty girl, sure, I'll go anywhere. You know, I'll, I'll go to church. That was the reason why I went to church. Was it a good reason? Yes. She was a pretty girl, okay? I mean, if she would have said to me, well, you want to come to church? She, this girl I want you to meet, she has a wonderful personality. I probably wouldn't have went. Because I know normally a girl with a wonderful personality is normally not a pretty girl. But a pretty girl can have a wonderful personality. Amen? How many guys are know what I'm talking about? You girls are saying, oh, he is, oh, I don't like him. I'm not going to give him a Christmas card. You know? No, that's how guys think, especially a 15-year-old. Now, give me, give me some slack, okay? I was 15, okay? So I went to church. I remember, Brother Gatz, I, I remember. I got, I got all cleaned up. I, got, I put my equipment on. I went to church, and I started looking. I didn't know you weren't supposed to do that. I was lost. I looked at a girl. I said, boy, I hope it's not her. I was being honest. I looked at another girl. I wouldn't mind meeting her. And, and then I looked down the hallway, I saw this girl walking up, and I said, whoa, ha-ha, agape love. <laughs> I didn't say that. I used one of the other Greek words, okay? And, um, and I said, wow, she's pretty. That's the girl I hope I want to meet one day. And, uh, and then I saw that girl playing the piano. My sister was singing in the choir. And she sat next to me after she sang. She said, she said hey, do you see any pretty girls? I said, yeah. I said, the piano player. And she says, well, that's the girl I want you to meet. And I said, I love church. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Sign me up, man. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I'll be there. Man, I couldn't wait to meet that girl. You know, I make, make a long story. That girl, okay, is my wife now. Praise the Lord, huh? So here, little thing. Good place to find a wife is church. Every time I meet a single guy out in the community, I tell him my testimony. I say, come to church, meet a girl. And so girls, just be on the lookout, okay? So uh, you see a single guy with me, uh-oh, hide from him, you know? <laughs> He's on the hunt. He's looking for a wife. But listen, I'm so thankful, though, that I know the Lord. Listen, I thought I had to live a good life. I thought it was up to me. 
I thought I had, a, you know, to attain God's, you know, um, approval so I could go into heaven. But I'm so thankful once I understood the gospel that Jesus purchased it for me on the cross and all I had to do was receive it. Man, I'm so thankful for that. The gospel, the good news. But not only that, we see the reflections on the gospel. The gospel, listen, brings peace. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God. Not fear, not anxiety. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. Listen, when we know Christ is our Savior, it brings peace. Listen, as a teenager of 14 and 15, as I laid in bed, I wonder, okay, am I doing enough? Am I reaching God's standard of, of perfection? Am I pleasing God enough where he would accept me? I had a lot of turmoil, I had a lot of fear and anxiety in my heart. But listen, when you know Christ as your Savior, it brings peace into your life. But not only does it bring peace, but also the gospel brings a purpose. Think about Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Listen, don't be you know, poured into the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Listen, when I understood that, listen, that God had a purpose for my life, that radically changed the whole direction that I, I looked at in the sense of what I was going to do. I realized that, wow, God has something for me to do. Now, at that time, it, I, it wasn't ministry. But I knew one thing, that God wanted to use me in, in serving him. And so I got involved in a bus ministry. I got involved in soul winning as a teenager. And I just realized, well, if, if Christ came and died for me, he rescued me from a Christless place called hell. Now he has a new purpose for me to live for him. I just started saying, what can I do? How can I live for him? And I just got involved in serving and being, you know, sharing what Christ meant to me with other people. For me to live is what? It ought to be Christ. But so many times it's other things. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Oh, we must decide that, yes, my life is for him and him only. Yes, God will allow you to enjoy other things in this life, but listen, make sure that your focus is always riveted on Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. Don't allow the attractions of this world to get you off track. Jesus deserves all your devotion, all your attention, all your allegiance. Live for him no matter what vocation it may be. Jesus, I belong to you. Oh, young people, listen, don't get sidetracked. Oh, make sure that you put on the preparation of the gospel of your feet. Why? Because this will help you to, to stay on track with your life. 
As you put your gospel shoes on, you realize, wow, Christ saved me. He rescued me. He's put a new purpose in my life. I have a reason to live now. Listen, I don't want to get over the moment when I prayed and accepted Christ as my Savior. When was the last time you took time to just thank God for that moment in your life? The way you're able to keep it fresh and alive and, and, and vibrant in your heart is, is, is always going back to the cross and realize, wow, I was not deserving of his sacrifice. And I am so thankful that he died for me. Young people, listen, you, you've got to make sure that, that it's real. That's real. Listen, you can't just go through the motions. Well, you can go through the motions for a while. We all can do that. But listen, if you want to be faithful, if you want you know, Christ to be your life, it has to be real to you. Where you enter his presence every day and you just thank him for his goodness and his grace. Remember, it's a relationship. Like I said, I've been married for over 40 years now. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't take my wife for granted. I, I don't not talk to her. Well, she knows I love her. Yeah, she knows that, but I need to tell her. All the time. Multiple times throughout the day. Even after 40 years of marriage. Not only is that good for her, but it's good for me. It keeps my heart attached to hers. When's the last time you told Jesus that you love him? When's the last time you just said, I'm so unworthy? everything that you've done for me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for knocking on my heart's door. The gospel, listen, brings a new perspective. We don't live for things that don't last. We don't live for the things of this world. Listen, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Hey, you know what? We're visitors. We're just visiting. Colossians tells us, if we then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things above of the earth. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear with him in glory. Number three, the ramifications of the gospel. 
Think about this. We're talking about just one of the pieces of the armor. Having our feet shod with the preparations of the gospel of peace. Let's see, the gospel changes us. Just think about that, how he's changed our life. There, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Ephesians 5.8 says this, For you were sometimes in darkness, but now you are, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Hey, listen, before salvation, it doesn't matter if you were 5 years old or 8 years old or 15 years old or 20 years old when you got saved. But before Christ, listen, you were a child of darkness. But now because of Christ coming into your life, you are a child of light, no longer of darkness. Then let me ask, why would we want to put on the equipment of darkness? The gospel changes us. The gospel comforts us. Listen, the gospel challenges us. The gospel challenges us to stand and not be silent. Acts 4.20, for we cannot but speak the things that we have seen and heard. Hey, those early di disciples were, were beaten and, and they were charged not to speak and not to stand and to be silent, but they could not. They could not. They just said, we, we, we've, got to, we've got to talk about what's in here. The more the pressure comes in, the more it comes out. The more you squeeze us, the more we're going to declare. Why? Because it was in them. The gospel challenges us. And then lastly, the gospel compels us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, let a man so count of us as ministers of Christ and of the stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found, what? Faithful. You know, we're faithful in doing a lot of things. We're faithful in combing our hair and showering and, you know, we're faithful at sleeping. Right? Some of you are doing that right now. You're doing a really good job. You're being faithful. Uh, we, we, we're, we faithfully eat, right? We faithfully eat. Uh, we faithfully, you know, we faithfully read our Bible, hopefully. Hopefully we, we're faithful at coming to church. We, hopefully you're faithful at doing your schoolwork. Let me ask you a question. Why are you faithful in doing those things? Why, do you, why are you faithful at eating? Because you're hungry. And you want to satisfy what? Self. We're faithful at taking drinks, right? Water, soda, whatever, coffee. Why? Because we're thirsty. We want to satisfy that appetite. We want to take care of what? Self. When we're tired, we do what? We sleep. Why? Because we love ourselves. We want to make sure we have rest. We want to take care of self. And we ought to. You ought to eat, you ought to drink, and you ought to sleep. 
I remember in Bible college, I hear a pre, uh, some guy preach, say, man, you ought to stay up to 3 o'clock in the morning to, to, to love God and read your Bible and study. Man, I try to stay up at 3 o'clock and I go, maybe that's the key. The next guy comes, up, well, you got to get up at you know, 5 o'clock in the morning. So, wow, I'd be staying up to 3, getting up at 5. And, you know, okay, is that the key? <laughs> no. But here it is. We, 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 we do, listen, you do need sleep. Listen to what Brother Getz said this morning. You need to get rest. You need to take care of your body. Listen, you're not doing anybody good if you're sick. Right? Man, if someone's in quarantine today, they're not, they're not helping anybody. I wonder how many people would be quarantined, spiritually speaking. If we examined you spiritually. Man, we, we, we do all these things because we love ourselves, we love other people. But let me ask you a question. How about telling others about Jesus? Do we love people enough to talk to them about Jesus? Are we faithful in sharing the message of Christ? And we need to share the gospel fervently. You know, this world, I mean, we, we hear it all the time. We see it on the news. We hear it on social media. I mean, people are not ashamed or silent about what they believe. I mean, they're, they're not. I mean, they scream it. They yell it. They have signs. They do everything they possibly can to let everybody, hey, this is what I believe. My question is this. Do people know that you're a Christ follower? Everybody else is so radical about what they believe. I would say it's time for us to be a little bit radical. I mean in an appropriate way, okay? Well, let's not burn down buildings or do anything like that. How about this? How about just carry some gospel tracts with us? How about some of you guys just getting on the street corner and start preaching? Well, what would they think of me? Who cares? What does he think of you? You mean Santa? Yeah. I remember one of our classes in homiletics, we had to go preach on the street. That scared me to death. You know, I'm kind of quiet. I really am. To go stand on the street corner and preach? You know, this car, you know, hey, if you're not doing that, how would you do that? You know? I've seen people with megaphones, uh, you know. And so I thought, you know what, hey, I, 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 gotta, I have to do it as a class. So I thought, okay, how could I do this? And I, I just didn't want to just do it to, just to do it. I wanted to, I wanted to be effective. Now, and I went out with, you know, I didn't go to the college church. Like, I, if this was my church, I, I didn't go to, um, you know, Lancaster Baptist. I, I travel. Some of you maybe Faith Baptist. I mean, from Faith Baptist, okay? You commute up here, okay? That's right. I commuted. And so I had my partner, his name was Bruno. Bruno was Italian. And Bruno was, he was hilarious. He was definitely the silent partner, I did all the talking. And I said, hey Bruno, I got, I got this assignment, I gotta I got do some kind of a preaching outside. I said, um, just kind of hang with me. I said, I don't know what, how I'm gonna do this or anything, but we have to do it today, I have to do it today. 
He said, okay. And so we're, we're in Chicago, we're, uh, I was a bus captain, and so we're visiting, and I saw these guys playing basketball. And, and there's about, you know, there's about, about six or seven of them. Now, Bruno, now if we played soccer, Bruno would have been a good, you know, teammate. Basketball, no, all right? And so I said, hey, Bruno, let's go over there and kind of shoot baskets with them, and maybe, maybe I'll, you know, speak to those kids, you know. Um, the kids, they were, they were older than me. I was like 23, 24 years old, and they were, they were my age and older. And uh, so he said, okay, so we went over there. We started shooting basketball, just started talking to him. And then I had this idea. I said, hey, how about Bruno and I, we, we play the best two of you guys, two on two. Oh, man, you white guys don't know how to play basketball. I said, oh, yeah, I know. I, I said, he doesn't, but I do. I really don't, but, you know, I knew how to dribble, I knew how to shoot. Bruno didn't know that, okay? And uh, they said, okay, we'll play you. And so we started playing them. And my hand is on the Bible right now. I was like Larry Bird, <laughs> all right? And, okay, you don't know who Larry Bird is, okay? I was like uh, Stephen Curry, okay, Stephen Curry. I mean, man, I would just, I, I, was, I was throwing up junk and it was going in. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, these guys were looking at me and saying, man, where, where do you play like that? I'm thinking, Lord, you got something in plan here because I've never made baskets like this before. And, um, and before we knew it, listen, this, we're, we're playing in this alley. There was, there was these back buildings with the windows open. People were hanging out the windows watching us play. It was unbelievable. People were coming out of their houses watching these two white guys play these two guys. And, and, and it was like, we had win by two, it was like 20 to 19, and going back and forth, and we went into old, overtime and all that. And there must have been uh, maybe 40 or 50 people watching us, not counting the people in the skyboxes, okay? And so, you know, we, we got ahead, and I had, I had the ball, and I, I, I threw one up. And I, it must have been three angels guiding that ball. It was so bad, and it just went right in. And we won. And those guys looked at us, and they were shocked. And then I had the thought, this is it, isn't it, Lord? You just didn't allow me to be Larry Bird for a few moments. Now you want me to preach. And I remember getting up, and I stood up on the back railing of a guardrail. And I said, okay, guys, now I want to share something with you. Oh, they had our attention now. Because we just whipped them. And I started preaching the gospel. I'll never forget this in my whole life. There was ladies hanging out the windows, waving their white handkerchiefs. Preach it, brother, preach it. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And I just preached the gospel to them. And I said, okay, everybody bow your head and close your eye. Boy, they all bowed their head. And it was like, I couldn't believe this. I gave the invitation. I said, now, if you want to accept this, raise your hand. Boy, all these hands started raising. And all it was was, listen, I'm going to get a little radical about this. I'm going to share the gospel. There's parks all around this city where there's guys playing basketball. Why don't some of you just go out there and say, you know what, we're going to go out there not to, not to play to win, not to, to show them up, but so we can get up and preach the gospel to them. 
The problem is some of you might get out there and you might start a fight with somebody because they push you or something. Don't do that. You're, you, you, listen, you're there to share the gospel. We can need to end. But I can challenge you right now. Make sure that you put on the preparations of the gospel. Put these shoes on every morning. Say, today, I'm going to be ready. I'm ready for battle. I'm going to look for the opportunity to share the gospel of peace with somebody.